Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We heard some of Rocky and Jody's compelling journey last episode. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. The story continues, and we get to hear more of it in a few moments. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. First-time listeners can look us up on the web. Search for Red Pill Torah, that's R-E-D-P-I-L-L space T-O-R-A-H, or reach out by email. Our address is redpilltorah at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And shalom to our friends in Canada and California. Let's get right back to Rocky and Jody's story. We did very little editing on this recording because we wanted to preserve the moment just as we experienced it in our rented RV at Tabernacles in Oklahoma. Okay, Tim, roll the tape. So Rocky, how did you feel uh, when Jody said that she wanted to go to Israel? Well, I had just moved from Minneapolis down to um, Iowa to start a new business. That was that, that opportunity came up, and so I didn't have the money to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't know how you're gonna get there because I don't have the money right now to send you guys to Israel. And that's when she, she was just like the, the story that she talks about is. Um, the churches and stuff and you you can tell them what about that yeah so he had just we were planning <coughs> to make this big move so i was up in minneapolis and i was finishing the school year with the kids so he went down probably about february and was setting everything up for us and uh we sent we went to a uh, prayer prayer for israel gathering mm -hmm. and i'm i'm over at the table buying shawls and everything and i'm just in seventh heaven enjoying enjoying my walk with the lord <laughs> and my daughter she goes to leave the event and a man stops and stops her and says do you have a heart for israel and she said uh sure <laughs> and he says then you should go to israel and she says I'm currently not working, I've never been out of the country, and I don't even have a passport. And he says to her, if God wants you in Israel, you're going to get to Israel. She says, okay, and she signs her name, and she says when she finished signing her name, she had a witness in her heart, I'm going to Israel. So she came over to the table to tell me, Mom, I'm, I'm going to Israel, and I just turned to her and said, take me with you. <laughs> and so she said, I signed up to go, and I, I signed up to go. But they weren't going until August, and we were moving in June. So we were only able to attend a couple of their classes, and they explained how you would fundraise. And we had so much on our plate that I, I was just like, okay, well, that sounds great, and we'll try to make it. You know, we were only moving to Iowa. We could drive four hours back up. And we moved. <laughs> well, I get a call a few weeks later from the organization that we were going with, and they said, um... Jody, someone just came in and bought one of your plane tickets. And I said, really? And they said, yeah, they specifically put it on your account. Wow. So just keep doing what you're doing and fundraising and, and you'll get there. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then a few weekends later, they called again. And they said, someone just called in $600 on your account to go to Israel. And they said they knew you this time and said, those women need to go to Israel. And we said, okay, thanks. And that kept happening. 
And then um, I went and I sang at a, a particular congregation that invited me to sing. And at the end of the event, the pastor turned and looked at me and said, so Jody, what are you involved in? And I said, oh, uh, well, me and my daughter signed up to go to Israel. And he said, really? And he turned and he looked at his congregation and says, how about this congregation? Whatever money doesn't come in for Jody and Sarah to go to Israel, why don't we pay the difference? And I just looked at Sarah and we were just dumbfounded. And right around the end of June, uh, the organization called us and said, okay, so all you need is $1,500 more for your trip to Israel and you're all set. And I said, okay. And I called this pastor and I said, they said we need $1,500 more dollars. It may have even been like $2,500 more dollars. I don't know. And he said, oh, just give me their number. And wow. the next phone call I got, yeah, he called back and said, those are lovely people and I hope you have a <laughs> wonderful time. And then they called and confirmed and said, you're all paid to go to Israel. Hallelujah. That's awesome. <laughs> so we went to Israel. We were there 16 days. It was amazing being home. We were with a Christian group, so we noticed that we had two very different perspectives. Now, we still identified as Christians. However, we were by that time, we were eating kosher and keeping the holy days. Mm -hmm. So when Sabbath rolled around, the Christian group was frustrated that they had to stop touring on that Sabbath. Oh boy! But we were elated that we were going to see our very that we were going to actually be in the land for our very first Sabbath, and that we were going to see the businesses shut down and the buses stop and the taxi stop. Sarah and I were in seventh heaven, mm -hmm. and and it was amazing because we stayed in Jerusalem, and that Sabbath was exactly everything that we had, we had been dreaming of experiencing. Okay. Man, that is huge. <laughs> so so you you didn't go right. No, I I was still working. You were sitting there. Getting, getting the situation, the work situation up. So his time would be coming. He would come on the third amazing trip that we would go, because we thought we were done going. We thought it was a once in a lifetime trip. Mm -hmm. But I had been reading how the father to the foreigner who joins themselves, how he would bring them to his house of prayer and make them joyful on his holy mountain. And so we we thought that was amazing. And this same pastor a few weeks later when we came back asked to hear about the trip mm -hmm. and uh, we gave him the whole synopsis and we even shared with him the honesty of our position and he knew we were becoming increasingly Torah observant mm -hmm. and so at this dinner he asked us when are you planning on going back to Israel and I said well the Feast of Tabernacles is, a, is approaching but if I were to go to that I would be going as a pilgrim not a tourist I would be going in honor of keeping the Torah. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and said, that's because you're supposed to go back. And that time, his congregation paid for the entire trip. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> this was a pastor? A Christian pastor. Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay. But, he, but this pastor had already dabbled into, he had a, a ministry set up where he had a, a ministry toward the Hebrew. Well, the, he, it was me. So what, what he he when he That's saw when he saw the change in us, mm -hmm. he actually started us telling his congregation about the Sabbath and why keep the Sabbath and mm -hmm. why the holy days. So he already he just I the Lord has blessed me to meet up with Christian pastors who now that I look back over my life were actually aiming me 
towards further exploration of this. All about it. All about it. And I, I didn't ask that question. That, <laughs> I didn't mean to be disparaging of Christian no, pastors no, no, no. in any way. Just, you know, it's really a blessing to see the father moving on a Christian pastor's heart, mm -hmm. you know, with regard to Israel and what our proper position should be towards right. Very true. Very that, true. It's a blessing. So there we were, Sarah and I, again, uh -huh. in Israel, in Jerusalem, and we were this time we stayed at a hotel that catered to Orthodox Jews. <sighs> and there we were in the midst of them, and that's where I really discovered why the Father had been placing such a love and a unity in my heart um, for the Orthodox Jewish community, because it was like they were welcoming daughters home. It was just precious. Mm -hmm. It was um, the women just gathered around us and loved us. And um, one woman took us to the great synagogue in Jerusalem and sat next to us. And the, the service was all in Hebrew and we didn't speak Hebrew. And she would literally turn the pages in the prayer book for me to keep up. And uh, we just had, it would, I, I could take up a number of Red Pill Torah podcasts just telling you the different conversations and interactions we had with our Orthodox family. Well, well by the grace of the Father, we have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you went the third time, Rocky? I was the third time. He was the, the third, third time. time. Yeah. yeah okay, we, uh, so how did, that, how did that happen? Well, basically, um, for two years I didn't go back for the, for the fall feasts. Mm -hmm. We had moved, uh, we were doing part-time of our residence in Virginia and part-time of our residence in Iowa during his oh work season. That's, uh, that's a little bit of a commute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would spend winters basically down in Virginia. And uh, I had had a heart to go back, but I, I, I just didn't have the concept that make plans to go. I thought it was just this major trip because once again, I, I didn't pay for it either time. So the Feast of Tabernacles was coming up and I just, that Feast of Tabernacles was just like, come home. It was 20, uh, 2017 and I just had the, the, the it was like a, an alarm clock went off. When are you coming home again? And I went to, once again, a Prayer for Israel event mm -hmm. and I was asked to help coordinate. And so we're there and we're praying for Israel and after the event, the keyboard player who was a lead coordinator, she invites me into her office and we're sitting and we're talking about the event and we're feeling blessed. And out of the blue, she looks at me and says, do you want to go to Israel? <laughs> and I said, yes. She, specifically, she said, do you want to go back to Israel? And I said, yes. She said, I just got an email from a ministry there. They need someone to help do their secretarial, secretarial work for their Jerusalem March Parade. Mm -hmm. So the Jerusalem March Parade is this huge parade. People from the nations go for it, the, the municipalities of Jerusalem participate in it, and it's just to show your love and support for uh, Israel. And at, the, at this uh, event, uh, they needed someone to help coordinate their, um, their parade, mm -hmm. their parade march. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they involved me in doing. Oh boy. <laughs> we try. Okay. We try. We're going to come back after this truck leaves. Here we go. Okay, so a truck drove up as we were uh, talking about the third trip to Israel. So we're going to jump back in now that the truck has gone by. <laughs> and uh, so, third time that your family went to Israel. Uh, so give us the scoop. How did it happen? So, the third time the uh, we did the event for Israel, and the music director looks at me and says, do you want to go back to Israel? 
and she told me about the ministry that needed a volunteer mm -hmm. to help coordinate their parade. Mm -hmm. I said yes, I, I called the ministry, and they said, well, we would need you to come a month early. And I said, well, if it's a volunteer position, how do I afford to be in Israel for a full month for this? And she said, there is a ministry, a Pentecostal ministry, as a matter of fact, in, in downtown, in, in Jerusalem, wow. and they have a classified ad section of their newsletter where they list where believers coming to the land are hosted by believers living in the land. Oh boy. And so you can call this, go down the number and call who see who has openings and what's available. And we found a family that had a large, large home. It was like a bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. She allowed me and my daughter to come for the full month. We shared a bedroom. They included food and wow. they charged us $1,200 for the month. Wow. Yeah. And they taught us how to use the bus service and the train service to get back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then when I said, well, during the Feast of Tabernacles, I would love if my husband could come. I see you have some vacant rooms. Would you be able to host him? And when I tell you the price that he was able to come for, your mouth is just going to drop open because it was only probably about 500 bucks that she charged us for my husband to come. And then when he heard the price, he said, well, can I bring my dad? And so that year, you actually brought your dad and they came for the Feast of Tabernacles. You know, uh, when, when we're done with this podcast, we need to talk to you about your travel agent or something. I don't know who you, you got Ruach travel. Yeah. Oh, it's very true. But very you know true. what I've, I've noticed in this whole journey is that when people get obedient, the finances just start coming in. Oh, it really does. Oh, I've seen m multiple people that want to go to Israel. And I'm like, well, if you don't have the money, just obey God and, <laughs> and, and just start being obedient. And, and if you want to go to Israel... Do you think he's not, like that story you were talking about, the king that wanted to go get him to come in. Mm -hmm. He wants us to come. Amen. So he's going to provide the he's gonna provide the finances. I've seen it over and over and over again. That's wow. true. That's huge. Yeah. That is yeah. huge. So then from those trips, I, we now knew our way pretty much around, for sure, Jerusalem. And then discovered your GPS works over there just like that. Your credit card works just like over here. And... Um, <laughs> Then we found housing that, for, we basically began taking our family to, to Israel every Sukkot. We would, we would go for a month and then he would come for Sukkot and we started bringing other extended family there because now we knew the cheapest airlines, the cheapest places to stay. And yeah, you had personal yeah. connections. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so it, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. And the, the only reason we stopped going was because COVID. Mm -hmm. So the, the borders are closed right now. Well, uh, by the grace of the Father, they'll reopen. Amen. And uh, it sounds like there's uh, Jody, Rocky, <laughs> Israel travel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, you, you've got the connections. You, the logistics are already figured out. Yeah. So 
if uh, folks want to go, it sounds like they probably need to reach out to you. Oh, we! I became like the town crier once. Once we went to the land, and we started, uh, we would book apartments. We wouldn't just stay in like a hotel. So we started booking um, apartments where we could stay in Emek Rafaim in the German colony, that area. Mm -hmm and learned how to rent cars and so we started driving then we found the grocery stores literally just there for a month just enjoying the land enjoying the father and and interacting with our orthodox family and the the secular israel's a secular state and so you get into these conversations and matters of faith are openly discussed there and it's pretty amazing mm. to be invited to uh shabbat dinner at uh, at the table of my Orthodox brothers and sisters and they're just like, wait a minute, why are you keeping Torah? And just to share with them the journey of how the Father opened our eyes to His commandments and it's so, just beautiful. What's their response to your your story when you when they ask you why you're keeping Torah? So one of some of the, some of the interactions I remember interacting one time. Uh, typically, Orthodox men don't speak to women who are outside of their family circle. Gotcha. <laughs> so we're there uh, our first time for Sukkot, and we're there and we're going down the elevator and we're in the elevator with an Orthodox man and his wife. I wasn't there. He wasn't it there. It was that just time. her. And Sarah, and so he looks at us and says, "Hello, welcome. Uh, what are you doing here in Israel?" And we're like, "We're here to keep Sukkot." And he looks and he's like, "What?" And he says, "You're here to keep Sukkot." And we're like, "Yes." And the doors open, and he goes to step off, and he says, "Well, have a good time." And so we go into the cafe. He gets his wife situated and literally finds us and comes and sit down and says, okay, wait, what are you here doing for keeping Sukkot? And we said, we began to ask the questions that we had put off for years and years and years. And we began to say, what is, um, what is the truth? Mm -hmm. And when we began to explore, we began to find out that we weren't being taught right we were being taught not to keep the Father's holy days. And we don't think that's right. And he looks at us and he goes, but, but what about Yeshua? <laughs> and we said, well, he never abolished the Father's Torah. We were taught, a we were taught from the official religion standpoint that he did, but if you go and read his words, he didn't. Mm -hmm. Hey Karen, come on in. Oh no, please come on in. We're recording. It's live and it's all it's all live and it's all good. Good to see you. Oh, please go ahead, Jody. So he says, um, you know, I talk, I talked to him about the two schools that were at odds with one another during the first century, the school yep. of Hillel and the school of Shammai. Mm -hmm. And I talked about when Yeshua was making his proclamations as a rabbi, how that he was staying with the Torah. And he looked at me and he just said, you know too much. <laughs> and we all just laughed. And I said, but this is my faith we're talking about. It's my responsibility sure. to know about these discussions and these arguments. It's my discussion. If I believe that he was the rabbi that upheld Torah, then it's my responsibility to know why do I believe that. And he got misty-eyed and he said, you know, every Shavuot we read the story of Ruth. Mm -hmm. And he says, I weep through the entire book. Mm -hmm. And when he said that to me, I knew what he was saying. 
Where is Ruth where she says, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. So he was sitting at the table with Ruth. He was sitting at the table with Ruth. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, bless your journey. And we just said, we don't know what we are, but we're home. And uh, each conversation has been mostly like that. I've, I've had my wonderful Orthodox friends, the minute they hear our story, it's so funny because they're like, okay, what rabbi will convert her? What rabbi will convert her? <laughs> and I, I'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I'm walking the path of Torah. I don't, I don't know that I'm ever going to be kosher enough to be converted to rabbinic Judaism. And I don't know that I'll, that my Christian brothers will ever appreciate the things that I have to say to them. And so I'm, I'm going to follow my rabbi. I'm going to follow my rabbi Yeshua, mm -hmm. who upheld the Torah of the Father, who told me to pray to the Father and to honor him and to honor his holy days and honor his Torah that he gave to Moshe. Amen. 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 That's a beautiful story. I agree. So what do you do to honor the Torah? The instructions given to Moshe. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and pretend that the Messiah came to change his father's instructions? Or would you take the red pill and follow in the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, King David, and Rabbi Yeshua of Nazareth, following the instructions of Elohim? Only you can answer that question Stay tuned. There's a little more to the story, and you don't want to miss it. We'll release a short episode later in the week to keep you up to date on Rocky and Jody's story. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Listen again and share it with your family and friends. And thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you, you can, can handle, handle the truth. truth.